Hello, fellow law students. Welcome to the next episode of Hello and Law of Literature. And today we have with us Yasmin Angu, uh, an author uh, from the US. And we're very happy to have you with Yasmin. And I'd like for Ms. Jainti to give a formal intro of uh, the guest. Uh, Yasmin Angu is a debut author of uh, the critically acclaimed novel, Her Name is Night and first-generation Ghanaian-American. She is a developmental editor and has worked in education for nearly 20 years. She received the 2020 Eleanor Taylor Brand Award for Emerging Writers of Color from Sisters in Crime and is also a proud member of Crime Writers of Color and several other literary organizations. We are so proud to in, you know, have you uh, in uh, Elwell's second season and uh, let's have a good chat. Uh, Danya, can you just uh, ask her the first question, which is very important for us, you know? <laughs> the yes, first, yes. yes. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, how was your publishing experience? Like, did you have to go through an agent did you both take the traditional publishing route or did you just uh, opt for self-publishing? How did your publishing experience start and how did it go on? Okay, yeah, that's a great question. So my um, publishing experience really started um, many, many, many years ago. And I don't want to date myself um, with my age, but many, many years ago, um, <laughs> the book that is out is not the first one that I've written. Um, I started out with women's fiction. Um, I had an agent with that and then we couldn't sell it. So I put it down and that was before I had kids and everything. Um, and um, I decided to focus on family. We were also a military family. So oh. I decided to focus on family and raise the kids and, you know, finish my schooling and everything. And that's where my edu I mean, education came and I became a teacher, an English teacher, uh, everything mm -hmm. like that. Um, it wasn't until the kids got to a certain age where I felt like, um, there were a lot of life changes that I had and I was ready to pick back up writing because writing I realized was the thing that really calmed me and mm -hmm. settled me and, and grounded me. Um, and I want, and it made me happy and I wanted to, to really, because I've always wanted to be an author. Okay. I just didn't see a way to be an author at the time that I left high school and was, you know, trying to go into college and everything like that. So, mm. um, I did traditional publishing okay. that's right. so i went through the whole entire process of querying agents um okay. sending out my query letter getting my book it took me a, about a year to write mm. um the second book which was the thriller her mm. name is night mm. um and i said you know i put i gave myself a goal and said that i wanted to start querying it at the top of 2020 and so i took all of 2018 and 2019 to to really finish it and, and polish it and get it ready for publishing or to query. And I did that. And so I started that in January of 2020 and querying out to mm -hmm. many, many, many agents. And I had many, many, many rejections. It mm -hmm. took a while. Um, okay. It took a little bit shorter than it did with the, with the first book. And so I got my agent um, maybe about the end of May. Okay. Um, and then I um, won the, um, Eleanor Taylor Bland Award for Emerging Writers of Color, like literally maybe a week after I got my agent, Ooh. I found out that I won it. 
Um, and then my agent and I uh, um, polished my manuscript a little bit more to make mm-hmm. it ready for um, her to sub it out to editors. And so she mm-hmm. did that mm-hmm. in August, mm-hmm. uh, about the same time that they announced my award. Mm-hmm. And then we started to get um, editor interest and I got my deal quickly after that. So, oh, yep. That's so good. that's pretty much oh, it. Oh, so, yeah. so, so that's, this is the first book, right? I mean, the second book, right? So well, this is the first published book. So, yeah, but yeah, second oh, yeah. written book. Okay. What, what about the first one? Was it uh, Kindle published, self-published or? No, it's oh. it's unpublished and it's, it, it's sitting on my shelf. Well, no, it's sitting in a container somewhere and on my computer because <laughs> I had it printed and, you know, but um, but it's in my computer. And one day I hope to, to go back to it and, and publish it. I hope to publish it, you know, traditionally. I'm uh-huh. I'm not a good self-publisher, me personally, because I'm I'm the worst at marketing and, and self-promotion and stuff like that. So yeah, that's why yeah. I decided to do uh, traditional just, publishing. Yes, um, I'm also traditionally published author, so I know what you mean. Um, what do you mean it's not yet published? The first book you said it's not yet published, and you said the second is published and it went through literary agent. I really don't know and don't understand what you mean by the first is not yet published. Meaning I, I haven't, it's not pub, it's not um it doesn't have a deal, it doesn't, you know, it's just something that I've written that, you know, oh, it was written people. first. It was it's written, written. first. It's written, it's done, but I mean, it's just not, you know, nobody has bought it yet. So it's just shelved right now. It's just sitting there with me, not with anybody. You didn't try, you didn't try uh, the same agent who did for you the second book? Um, Actually, I did. Um, I sent it to to be, to a funny story is I actually um, queried my agent Mm -hmm. years ago with this first book the women's fiction one and she rejected me Mm -hmm. um so when 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 I circled back to her uh with the one that I have now Mm -hmm. um later on I said you know hey you remember that women's fiction you know would you do you think that it might have you know whatever whatever Mm -hmm. and um and so she looked at it again and so she has some notes and it is something that we um will attempt to sub out I just have to make some revisions but I just need a little bit of time right now okay. to do it because I'm busy um writing the um the third book for the trilogy okay 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 I understand so uh how was it holding the first copy of your first book uh share your experience the first copy um, of printed copy yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was surreal. Uh, I couldn't even believe it. And I still, you know, when I look at it, um, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I can't believe it's there. It sits on the back. And then, you know, people might say, oh, yeah, look at it back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's, it's, it's always a surprise. Yeah. And I don't, I hope it doesn't sound weird, but because it took so long, Mm-hmm. And I'm just someone who's just, you know, I, I'm very quiet and I don't, you know, like a lot of fuss. And so mm-hmm. knowing that it's there, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, everybody has like a, a glimpse into my mind, number one. And, you know, I have to talk about it and people are asking me about it. And this is just something that's always been so isolating and yeah. so personal to me. And so now that it is out with, you know, everyone, and I get to talk to wonderful people like you about it. I get shy, and I just like it's all surreal. So it's a great feeling because it, yeah. it is something I've always wanted since I was a little girl. 
yeah. um, to be a published author and to have, okay. you know, this, it's just, okay. I can't believe it's happening. <laughs> but you should get over the shyness. Yes, I used to have too, <laughs> but I've gotten over it. So I can. You got tell. over it? Okay. You, 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 you also can get over it if, you, if I could. Uh, well, uh, does being a member of a group such as, you know, the, the one I'm sisters in, yes, you, mm-hmm. yes, yes, crime writers. Yes. Does it, um, uh, you know, help you, uh, especially, you know, uh, in, in crime, the writers of color, you know, the, does mm-hmm. it influence your writing? Or do you take t- uh, stories from real life or the group activities and, uh, group chatting in the membership, you know, your member group? Um, um okay so with uh you can because sisters in crime which is a national i think they're um international actually i think anyone can but um they have like uh writing sessions and, and community where you can you know kind of branch off and, and have those like writing sessions and, and things like that and um i i haven't i don't partake in those as much um because my time is a little limited and then I also get like very distracted when there are mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, talking about like, you know, their ideas and, and things like that. So like I said, I'm a very, I'm a solitary writer, but I do have two close friends who are my critique partners. So mm-hmm. those are the ones that I might um, go back and forth with over ideas that might pop up and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll send them the manuscript to so that they can give me their idea. And they're, mm-hmm. they don't write thrillers or crime one is a a YA author the other one is a romance author and I do that because I like to know what people from other areas think of this you know um and then my other uh crime writers of color they are a fantastic group because they are other authors published traditionally self-published aspiring you know that kind of stuff Um, but they are all authors of color Mm. And so we all go through, especially trying to publish in, um, you know, the U.S. or, mm-hmm. you know, in in um, Europe or anything like that. We all go kind of through the same issues of, mm-hmm. you know, how to be published, what kind of stories we're writing, you know, um, what kind of deals we're getting versus what kind of deals maybe white authors are getting and things like that. So we kind of go through the same struggles. Yeah. Um, and so they are a great group to have to support um, okay you know, you throughout the process and, and their stories, because most of them are already experienced and have many books. So you get to hear like their experience and it helps you make the decisions in your own journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How does your research for, for crime go on? Like where, where does your research start? And uh, if you, I mean, we all be doing both uh, direct behavioral research and empirical research, right? So how does your behavioral research go on? And if you're going to do empirical research, where do you go for it? All right, right. Well, how does my research go? Well, I just go out there and I commit all the crimes myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like when I'm doing my research, um, you know, both versions, you know, I do a lot of, um, you know, web searching. I, if, if I'm doing things because yes, I'm not um, an assassin. Okay. Um, if I was, I couldn't say, but, um, and so I don't know any either. Um, and, but what I'll do is, you know, I'm looking things up. I am also reading um, books that uh, of other authors, fiction and non, um, that are kind of in that, you know, 
genre just to kind of see how they do things. Um, I watch a lot of movies and TV just to kind of get a visual of what, what it might look, what I'm thinking of having my character do, and then how, you know, people put it on the screen versus how I'm going to write it. Mm-hmm. I also have um, people, I have a friend who is in um, um, the law enforcement. So I go mm-hmm. to him on, on weapons and, and I'll just be like, you know, Hey, you know, what kind of gun can I use for this? It's gotta be obscure and blah, 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 blah. And so he'll give me some suggestions and I'll write them down and then I'll go look it up so that I know what to, you know, what to look for and how it's supposed to be. I have a friend who she is heavy in martial arts. She takes classes. So I say, Hey, you know, I want to, you know, make somebody like pass out just by like doing this or something like that. And, and so she'll say, well, you can do this and blah, blah, blah. Or she'll come up with some ideas. She's like, Hey, I just tried this thing in class and I think it's really cool. And I say, tell me about it. And so she'll kind of go through all the details and I'm writing it down. And then I'll be here and you see, I'm very animated with my hands. So I get very excited about writing about like that kind of stuff. So I'll be here and I'll actually try to act it out myself and try to like do it. Oh my goodness. And uh, my family. They're scared. scared. They'll come around and they won't know what I'm doing. You know, I might be working. And so I'm there and I'm like, this is like all that. And they're like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm working. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you was see, while writing a crime thriller, while writing crime, what happens is we are the victim and the convict. The author has to play the roles of both. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that moral dilemma? Because it will be a little like when we write about the convict, you will have to write those negative gray areas where it's not much touched upon. So how do you handle that while writing for crime? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. I actually really like it because I'm, you know, listen, I was an English teacher, right? And we are the ones that are supposed to be nice and docile and things like that. And so when you (laughs) get to write, you know, a bad guy, um, you know, if you read this book, like my bad guy is really a bad guy. And I love a bad guy who you know, is just totally, I'm just going to be totally bad and I don't care. You know, this is how I'm going to be. And it lets me be able to be something that, you know, Yasmin is not, you know what I mean? And I get to go full on and I just get to write the bad person the way I, you know, wish, especially if someone makes me mad right now, I'm just like, I'm, ooh, I'm just going to write this bad person right now. So I try to write, you know, those things when, when um when I'm really mad. Um, mm-hmm. but I also know that a bad person, you know, a person who commits everybody is a hero in their book, in their eyes, right? And mm-hmm. and so my bad person, though, he's gonna be bad and he's gonna like mm-hmm. really, you know, get himself involved in it and he's gonna be unapologetic. Um, he still is a hero in his eyes. And so he still has a, a glint of rationale that maybe the reader can relate to that I can relate to that that um motivates him to do the things that he's doing he's not doing it just because he wants to be a jerk he's doing it because there is you know an end goal and that end goal is something that's based on whatever his past has been and he's trying to better himself he or she whoever they are are trying to better themselves and it it can kind of resonate like anybody could be like yeah that's true i want to you know be more successful i want people to take me seriously but I might not kill all these people so that they can take me seriously. I might do something else, but this person kills everybody so they can take them seriously. So I I enjoy writing both sides and the same with, you know, 
the protagonist. I'm never going to have a, a perfect protagonist because there's nobody that's perfect. Um, yes. And so even the nicest person has has issues. And mm -hmm. so, you know, my protagonist is always going to have issues and, and really be rooted in being realistic and relatable to the to the reader. So when I'm writing my characters, I'm really trying to make them relatable in one aspect, at least, of mm -hmm. their personalities. I uh, um, you know, first generation U.S. Uh, citizen, or you were born and brought up in the U.S. That is one question. And mm -hmm. do you speak your mother tongue? Uh, okay, so that's also and, yes. And <laughs> how does it influence your thinking? Of course, you're an English teacher. You must be thinking in English while you're writing. Uh, but uh, I mean, generally, do you also know another language or your mother tongue? Okay, so yeah, so I don't know my my mother tongue, uh, which is Tree um, from Ghana, um, mm -hmm. anymore. But I did know it, and I blame my dad, who you know, well, he's passed away. But um, <laughs> I was, I am first generation Ghanaian American, so my parents immigrated to America to go mm -hmm. to school, um, okay. you know, as most do, um, yes. and so so they came and they met each other here, and then you know they um had me and then to finish school they sent me back to live with my grandmother so i lived with okay. my grandmother for a couple of years in ghana mm -hmm. um and that's the, so that is actually the first language that i learned is not english oh. um and i knew uh three different dialects um in ghana um speaking with my grandmother and uh, but at I don't know, I think I was um, a toddler or something like that. And, and my parents brought me back. My dad wanted to me to come back to America. And when I came back, you know, I didn't know any English and I was speaking a dialect that he didn't understand. So my dad and I didn't understand each other. And he's, he's like, um, That's interesting. you know, I, I don't know what my child is saying when I, you know, when I had a bathroom accident, when I was telling him I have to go and he didn't know. And there I went. And so he said, we, we have to teach her English. And so, um, and so that's what they did. And so, you know, being in, you know, here and they didn't, um, they didn't continue to speak the language to me so much. And so go to American school. And so I lost the language. So I can understand bits when, you know, my mom is still speaking and when we're around others um, and they're speaking um, their language, their dialect and everything. But I, and I know some words that I'll say, you know, they just kind of come out, I guess, way from back then or whatever. <laughs> but it's not anything that I know fluently anymore, though I wish I did. So I blame oh. you know, my mom and dad for that. But um, <laughs> it, it definitely... Um, uh, in, influences all the writing that I do now because mm -hmm. you know when uh, growing up um, you're you're an American uh, you go to American school and stuff but at home I'm Ghanaian that's mm -hmm. the food that I'm eating that's what I hear my mom you know mm -hmm. saying when she's talking to her her mother back in Ghana you know on the phone and stuff like that mm -hmm. so I was living in two different worlds you know um, and and both of those um, are really play a big part in my life, but I I so appreciate the the upbringing that I had to that I'm happy that even though I lost you know the majority of the language, the culture still resonates in me. My mom, you know, is still very much when we you know have our big events or whatever, she still comes in traditional dress sometimes, and oh, you know, so good. it's very much and I and I have you know our, our traditional um 
you know, cloths and, and things like that. And so I still have that. And I, and I try to teach that, you know, to my kids too, and they're, they're embracing it. And so oh. writing is a great way to, for me to teach, um, um, my American, you know, readers a little bit about my culture and, and for them to see my culture in a different light. Cause you know, um, and Westerners tend to have a, a certain view of mm-hmm. countries and people who are not American mm-hmm. or European or whatever. They That's have right. types and perceptions, right? Yeah. And, and so that is why I made my, you know, my whole story is based on, you know, people of color. And mm-hmm. I made them in, in a position that they are never seen. You know, mm-hmm. they're not the ones being rescued. They're rescuing each other. They're not the ones that are, you know, the typical, we're going to brandish this thing and we're, we're running in the bushes and we're going to kill you. You know what I mean? They are very, very, they're highly intelligent um, and they're modern and they're rich. And they're all these things that, you know, um, Americans and Western civilization, I guess, first world countries is what they want to call, you know, um, don't see, you know, and they don't perceive. And so I just wanted to show that, you know, all these countries that you consider third world, you know, in whose eyes they are first world, (laughs) all first world. And so So subjective. Yeah. So very much so. And and so I was just tired of of those, of seeing those same things. And I said, well, I'm just going to show you guys, you know, what they (laughs) really are, you know, so. (laughs) Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, I want to know how has your experience as an English teacher helped you in writing or editing your book? Oh yeah, it's helped a lot because it has um, helped me understand, you know, how to craft a story. Uh, because I talked about it so much, and then I also got to see it in my students. And how are we, you know, crafting the story? What is the story that we want to tell? who is our audience and and how are we bringing this story in a way that our audience is going to accept, receive and enjoy it. Um, And, and so that kind of guides me when I'm, it takes me a while to really get to start writing. I have to think about it for a while because I'm always thinking about how am I telling this best, the story best and, and what, how am I going to tell this story and who am I telling the story for? And, and so it takes me a while before I actually start writing. And then when I start writing, then that's, that goes quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also helps me with editing because in editing my, my students work, I'm, I'm, I see the things that, you know, typically get, they get caught up with. And I look for that in my own work. It's hard to mm-hmm. edit your own work. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to edit as I go and, and I'll like read it back and, and kind of see where 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 am I missing this plot you know or whatever um and and also doing developmental editing for other authors you know so other adult authors and things like that that's also helpful because I see a lot of the same issues that my students kids have are ones that adults have too and so it just really kind of trains me to make sure I you know put in the things that I see missing in other people. It Mm -hmm. also has helped me in receiving feedback because that is something that, uh, you know, you get very um, sensitive about your work and you don't want people to be critical and, Mm -hmm. and, and you have to accept feedback, whether it's good or, you know, bad, because that's how you learn and grow. Um, And and I think that is the biggest thing that I have learned, you know, being an English teacher is, Mm -hmm. is to have that conversation to, to accept feedback humbly and, and be happy that you have that feedback so that you can make your story, your book, even better than it was before. 
Yeah. So um, I was going to ask you about uh, the, the award that you got. How has it, uh, the award that you got, uh, how has it influenced your, um, um, you know, um, as in getting your work uh, out to the publisher? And second is, uh, how is um, social media helping you promote your work, promote your book? Uh, can you share with us? Sure. So winning the award was actually, it was just like all a perfect storm. Um, and when I say it took me a long time to get where I was. And then when I got, you know, the agent, the award, the deal, it all happened very quickly. And so that doesn't happen to everyone that fast. And, and so I want to, you know, preface everything with that. But I still took a long time to finally get there. Um, and so the award happened. That gave me, um, that was like promotion. And mm. my agent, who's really great, capitalized on that and said, okay, we're going to sub your, we're going to send your books out to the editors at the time the award is announced. Um, because then, you know, that's going to come out in all social media mm. and stuff. Mm. And that's going to put your name out there to the editors. They'll see this in their mailbox and they'll say, hey, that's the lady from that award or whatever. And so I think that that helped. And then also just the type of story that I had, you know, um, also helped. Uh, but really, it was just that quite that perfect storm of, you know, um, being announced and then sending it out and, you know, uh, all of that. Um and then it being a book featuring, you know, a protagonist of color who's a woman, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, so yeah, so that was really, really helpful. Social media, I'm really the worst at it because mm -hmm. just, if, um, you know, I just am not great. I don't do the book talks and I, I hate to do like the videos and, and you know, I, I really don't take a lot of pictures and things like that. I like to look and read what everybody else is doing. So I have to remind myself to promote myself. Um, and, and to, you know, talk about book stuff because I also am like, oh, who wants to hear this? You know what I mean? So, um, people tell me, oh, you got to do this and you got to, you know, that's what my publicist will say. You have to do this. And so I try to do it, but I also try to do things that I'm comfortable with. So I won't do something that I know that, you know, I'm not going to do a video on book talk and do something cool like everybody else because <laughs> I will look awkward. Uh, so I just try to be really true to myself, the mm. little bit that I can do. <laughs> yeah, true, true, very true. <laughs> okay, uh, the one thing that I'd like to know is that uh, see, uh, crime is one of the most, uh, you know, trending genres of fiction. Any day, try crime will run. So did you, did you want to write crime and you... Uh, you know, did you want to write crime and then you thought, okay, we'll market it this way or did you just know that trend, well, I was going to go with a trend and I will write crime so that it will sell? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't go with a trend. I wrote it because that's the kind of, that's the genre I love to watch and read. That mm -hmm. excites me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and again, I'll go with, because I'm in, in real life, I'm boring. And, and, and so it's just, I actually like any kind of genre. I love even like romance and things like that. So I love things that are not my life to read. <laughs> like, you know what I'm like, saying? I am also like that. <laughs> right, right, right. But I love crime because, I mean, I love crime and thrillers. I, I read all of those kind of books um, and watch those movies voraciously because they excite me. And I just think it is so cool how, you know, things happen and how you, you know, get the bad guy and how they're going after it and that whole high octane and intricate like details and, and things like that. So I write 
what is exciting me at that moment. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, mm-hmm. and I, and I just want to, so I really wanted to write, like my story is not just a thriller or, or, you know, crime thriller. It is really about, you know, this one woman who has gone through a lot, who had a lot of things t- taken from her. And she decides at a certain point that I'm not going to have these things taken from me anymore. I'm going to reclaim my power and I'm going to reclaim my name. Mm -hmm. And she just happens to do it in a crime family, right? So the crime family, actually, the whole crime aspect came after the fact. I want to write this story about this woman who, you know, has gone through a whole lot of, of trauma and she's not a victim. She's a survivor. Mm-hmm. And how she goes about being this survivor and, and taking charge and being unapologetic because she's an assassin, but she's an unapologetic assassin. You know, she's mm-hmm. not going to say, I'm so sorry for being an assassin, blah, blah, blah. She has a code <laughs> and, and things like that. You know, she's mm-hmm. going to do what she has to do. Um, and so, so I definitely didn't write it because of a trend. I didn't even know it was a trend. I just knew this is something Yasmin likes. And so I think you write best <laughs> right in yeah. the way that you love. You know? uh, yes. I, as an author, I must love what I'm writing. First. Exactly. exactly. And, and coming back to the protagonist, where from did you get the inspiration to create her? Yeah. So that was really coming from like a culture, a cultural thing. You know, I I said, I want to write about at the time that I, that she really came to me, I was going through a lot of life changes and I was, you know, dealing with, you know, the loss of my dad, you know, Mm -hmm. I had a new, um, a new life situation. It was me and my kids. So I was going through a whole lot of things I had lost. I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I was hurt. I was angry and really Mm -hmm. wanted to like kill some people. You know what oh. I mean? And, um, you know, and I also wanted, right, right. And I and I also wanted to really honor my dad because I had he and I had a fantastic relationship. And and I said, how can I do that? But also in a way that is exciting for me to write because I don't want to write a story that's going to make me cry all the time and you know blah 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 and all this other stuff. So that's how she came. And I said, well, I'm just going to write about this lady who is going through these same kind of emotions that I'm going through, mm. but her story is obviously way different than What's mine. What's her name? Her name is Nina, Nina Knight. Oh. Mm-hmm. And okay. and so, yes, and, and so she is going through these same emotions, but she's going through them in a different experience. And I wanted to explore that her relationship, like she's super, she's very close with her family as, you know, um, culturally we are, right? Um, yes. We're always close. And she's steeped in culture and tradition. So the, the book has, you know, it's talking about our Ghanaian food. The book has our dialect in it. You know, there, okay. all of these things, it, the book, some, you know, takes place, both of the books take place in parts in Ghana. And, and so these, everybody who's in this um, book is very much, you know, from different parts of Africa um, or African-Americans from here, you know, things like that. So it's very okay. cultural. It's okay. bringing up, you know, the diaspora and things like that. But it's also okay. talking about these themes that I wanted to discuss, you know, father-daughter relationships, family relationships. How do you survive after trauma and loss and things like that? So it is a thriller and an action, a crime book. But it talks about a whole lot of themes that I was trying to work through at that time. Mm, how many pages? 
um, like 400 and something, maybe too many pages for a thriller, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was about 400 and something. And that was cutting it down because it was a big book. I had a lot to say. Quite a, quite a book, big book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing, the thing with crime fiction is that you will have to keep the reader at the edge of their seat, right? There should be that, you know, there mm-hmm. should be a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Have you had drafts in which that you didn't feel that and you just chucked the draft and started writing, writing a new one, like a completely new draft? Yeah, yeah. Well, so that also goes with, I think about things for a long time before I before I write it. So if I'm thinking about a scene and I'm like, oh, I want, and I, I was just doing this last night, I want to have this kind of scene. How am I going to to ramp up the the um the intensity what am i you know going to add to it but i also don't want it to be a book that's just back to back to back action and on the edge you know it's got to have a little bit it's got to be like a roller coaster right have highs and lows and you know kind of like a balance and um so so yeah so i'll write it and if it doesn't feel like it's hitting for me if it doesn't excite me and then also if it feels like it's too like there's too much in it i got to like you know, like hold back a little bit, then I'll like, you know, hold back, I'll shed or whatever. And then um, I also have an editor, my developmental editor, she'll also, you know, tell me, oh, we need a little bit more here, or we need, we need a little bit less here, I think. And I'll say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Or yeah, no, I was really trying to go for this. And so I might rewrite it a different way. Okay, that's interesting. How long does your process usually take? Like, how long does it take for you to write how many drafts do you usually go through and how long for editing and then how long for you to submit it to the, you know, the agent? Um, so it takes me uh, maybe about, I'll, maybe two, two to three edits after, are we talking about like before I got my agent or now? Um. Before you get your agent. Before, before you get your agent, yeah. Okay, yeah. So before I got my agent, I probably did um, about three drafts. I did my my rough, my first draft or whatever. I I edited that. Then I sent it to my my critical partners, my two friends. They uh, read it and they gave me their thoughts. And then I revised it based off of um, their thoughts. Um, and then I started um, sending it out. So um, I think that was maybe about two or three. Um, and then now uh, post um, agent, I'll do maybe two drafts and then I'll send it because I know that they always have like a lot of changes and, and things like that. And so I don't want to taxed myself too much um, by doing all these things that everybody's going to be like, wait a minute, you know, maybe think about this or think about that. And then also by the time I have finished this book and have gone through it twice, I'm like, I'm tired of it right now. I don't want to see her for a minute. And here you go. So I try to, I write things and I just want to be like, here you go. I don't care anymore. Nina, Nina, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm tired. Nina, Nina and I are go on fight. <laughs> Yes, we, no. we're fighting. And I say, you got to yeah. go, girl. And so she goes off to others. <laughs> How many rejections did you get? Oh, approximately. Yeah, well, I, approximately. Uh, oh, geez. I had to have gotten at least 100. And not for, this isn't just for Nina. I'm thinking about combined with both of my books. Um, for the first one, I must have gotten maybe about like 70 or whatever. And I put it down. Nina, oh. I had um, maybe maybe about 
30 or so rejections. And then I started feeling like, because when I wrote her and I knew, you know, you write your book from your heart in this book, I, I was like, this is a book that people are going to love. And they're also going to be like, whoa, because it is somebody who is very cultural. Um, she's not Americanized at all. You know what I mean? And, and she's just a totally, to me, a totally different protagonist that I have never seen. And that's not <laughs> to say that there hasn't been one out there, but I've never seen, you know, a Ghanaian female assassin, right? And I and I definitely wanted to do someone who like looked like, you know, me. And I, you know, so I was like, I'm gonna do this, right? Um and, and so I thought that, oh, everybody's gonna love it. And they're just gonna be like, whoa, I've never seen this. And she's from Ghana and she doesn't even, you know, speak, uh, well, she speaks English, but like she, you know, has this British accent, well, a British um, Ghanaian mix, you know what I mean? Um, and um, she's just gonna be so cool. But people started like, you know, rejecting and they were like, yeah, you know, it's not for me. You have a lovely voice, it's a wonderful story, but it's not for me. And I was like, what does that even mean? It's not for me, I don't, I didn't, it's not for you, it's for me, it's for them. You know what I mean? I go, what does that mean? I don't understand. And so that was very frustrating to me because it's not tangible when you say it's not for me. You know what I mean? Like, because that's not who I wasn't necessarily writing for you, one person. I'm writing for everybody. Um, and, And so you can't, to me, it's hard to speak for everybody. You know what I mean? But like, that's all they would say. And that's the only feedback I got. And you can't, and me being a teacher, you always want that, and a writer, you want that feedback, you want something. Tell me my 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 plot is sagging in the middle. I can fix that, but I can't fix it. It's not for me, okay? So I sent it out and apparently it wasn't for a lot of people, you know? I got that so much. And it became, oh my you know, deje- it, it became, de- it was de- dejecting, right? And um, yeah. when you get a lot of people who tell you, it's not for me, and no, and sorry, but you sugar sound coat, really great. Sugar-coated rejection. Yeah. yeah, you're like, it I have, I so have collected, I have, I have uh, a 70 to 80 for my first book. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so like, I know what it is. You know and, what it is. Is. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the work in progress. What is the mm-hmm. work in progress now? What are you writing now? So the work in progress now, I so I finished and um the second book, They Come mm-hmm. at Night, which is the second in the trilogy, is um going to uh publish September is when it comes out, September 13th of this year. So um now I'm in the process of writing the third um in the trilogy. And and so that one, you know, I, I want to make sure that it's keeping pace with the other two and, and it's just as engaging um and, and fresh for the reader. So I've been working on that. It's um it's just it's different when it's the the third as opposed to the first, because the first is just brand new, it's like a brand new baby, and you just like your first child and you just are so excited about it. And the third one, you like okay well I've had to and I don't know you know eh, just do what you got to do that kind of stuff but I don't want Nina all the way is it Nina all the way it is it's Nina and and her family and and their whole entire um in their world you know what I mean all the trilogy she's Mm -hmm. she's the Mm -hmm. she's the she's the main one yes Mm -hmm. okay so uh see it is different to write one novel but it is very different to write like a trilogy or a uh, you know, like when mm-hmm. there's a series, yeah. Mm-hmm. So where, how do you know where to stop this book and where to start the next one? Where ha- 
how how do you like put a mark on that yeah that one it, it's it's hard because i like to i'm a kind of reader and writer where i like to put everything right there on the page and so when i'm writing the trilogy i have to i have to really tell myself that's when you can't put everything on the page because there's more to come so i have to try to like <laughs> space it come. out yeah there's okay. more to come. and even with this trilogy even though this is supposed to be the third final you know it, it'll be closed, but you never know there might be more to come after that. So you always have to, you can close a door, but you kind of leave a window open. Um, and, and so that's what I try to do. And that's why I have to be really meticulous about, you know, what is the story and how, what kind of um, Easter eggs and red herrings can I put in there that might lead to something else down, mm -hmm. the, down the line if it, if it happens. Have you thought of screen adaptation? Have you thought about Netflix and such uh, screen adaptation? Have you uh, approached any agents? Because Well, um, actually, um, I did not actually. Well, because remember, I was when, when the first book came out, I was just so excited that, you know, somebody finally said it's not for me. It is for me, <laughs> you know. So I was so excited that somebody said that, um, that, um, I didn't think about a uh, screen adaption, even though when I write my books, I do write them and to out to be very visual because mm -hmm. I'm a visual writer and mm -hmm. it literally goes um, like a movie in my mind as mm -hmm. I'm writing it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, if you if you see if you walk past my office, you'll see me doing all these things oh, because yeah. I'm so <laughs> visual that I have to like write what I'm seeing. And I have to also see myself doing it. Um, so after I got my book deal, then I um, then my agent actually contacted me because she got um, notification from um, a production company that they wanted to they were they wanted to talk to me about making the book into a TV series, and I said Brilliant. what I couldn't believe it. I said not only a book they're talking about a TV. I couldn't even believe it. I thought it was I thought it was dreaming. So so yes so now it has Lovely. been optioned. Um, it has been optioned uh, to be a TV series, and so I guess they're working on the script now and. Hopefully, God willing, you know, it gets picked up by a network um, and, and aired, um, I hope. But yes, it, it is something that they actually came to me and I was very um, shocked and I was very honored and I just can't believe it. And that also is very surreal. Very good. Very good. Yeah, when you said your so visual, uh, you write scene by scene. I thought it should be suitable, especially because it's a crime thriller. It should be suitable for screen, and it's going for screen. Congratulations! Your first book is yet to be published, right? You haven't published that book, no. so it is lying in lying in your uh, uh, laptop in its drafts, right? Like in its own folder, happily mm -hmm. sitting there. So if you're going to like uh, you know rework on it. Will you be sending the same thing that was written, or do you think if you rewrite it, you would that would be developed into something much better than what it was before? Or are you like very drastic of it that you think the way it is written already is enough? Yeah, no, um, because anytime, and that's another reason why I won't do too many drafts because anytime I go in, I start to make changes because you know as a writer you know there's always something that you can find Ooh, this doesn't sound right and, and and things like that and so in order to save myself you know i i would stop making any drafts or, or revisions but for this book um when i go back into it the, the one that that's the women's fiction 
when I go back into it, I know that there's going to be um, some changes because my editor, uh, not my editor, my agent has already seen it and she's already suggested, you know, some changes to make it um, more, I guess, packageable so that we can submit it. And so I'll be making those changes and they're going to be significant changes. Um, and then, you know, we'll send it out. And I'm OK with that because, you know, that was a story from years and years ago and I'm different I'm a different writer now and and so I need to put that on the page how Yasmin is now versus how she was then and I think it's going to be an even bigger better story because by the time I get back to it I'll have written you know three books um and I kind of know how I you know how I like things and and it won't be something where you know maybe it's a little bit not confusing but like I'm not too sure what I was doing maybe with the characters but now I know exactly you know where they're going to go and what they're going to do that's that's actually refreshing to hear so for uh, right now it's time for us to go to the next segment which is world of w world of w is nothing but w questions like what when where how all that and uh, you if a person could not sit through the entire session, they could just scroll down here and listen to this so that they can get the gist of what we have discussed in the entire session. Okay. So that is the point of this segment. So uh, the first question that I would like to ask you is, when is your next book due? My next book is due, you you talking about uh, book three? Book three mm. is due um, um, in August, August of this year. Mm. That means it's it's already in the agent's uh, hands, is it? No, that means I'm writing it right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that means I'm writing it, and then when I write it, I, I don't have to. I mean, I'll send it to my agent, but I send it right to my editor. Okay. So where I, where can uh, read viewers, readers find your works? Uh, the, the okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. You so you can find it at you know um, any bookstore. You can order it. Um, you can order it on Amazon. Um, it is there. Uh, so it's it's everywhere that you can um, that you normally pick up your book. Mm. Interesting. So okay. why only crime? Why mm. only crime fiction? Okay. Well, so. Um, because I love crime fiction myself, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an avid fan of crime fiction and it's exciting to me. So I also wanted to write something that's exciting and something that's very different from, you know, my, my everyday life. Hmm. Where do you see after the trilogy and after maybe five years later, where do you see? Uh, are you going into rom-com or, uh, I mean, you said whatever you are not, you mm -hmm. would like to write. So what mm -hmm. do you where where do you where do you see yourself? Uh, oh, what wow. kind of fiction? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so <laughs> I I like to write like what I read. So I read all sorts of genres. I would love to do you know a horror because I love horror, and um and um I still want to do my women's fiction. I I mean I try a rom com. I'm not one person who's like you know married to one particular genre. It's whatever it is that I feel at that time, and mm. you know what is my passion at that time and, and actually all of them are my passion and I know that um, you know some people believe that you have to be really good at one particular thing um, you know or one particular genre and and I totally agree with that also but I also agree with not limiting yourself and if you can write in different genres there are many authors who do cross genres and yes. if you can write in different genres and you're good at it and people like it then go ahead and do that because you want to yes. do 
what excites you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to be bored with, you know, oh, I'm just doing action thrillers all the time. You have to cleanse your palate. Like when you're drinking <laughs> wine and, and things like that, you got to cleanse your palate and try other things. So I just want to try all the things that I've loved that I've missed all these years. And then maybe I'll settle into one particular genre of being my heavy, which is, you know, action thriller or psychological thriller. And I'll do the one-offs in other genres. How do you use social media for promoting your book? Do you have like a, a you know particular number of scheduled scheduled uh, posts per week and all that? Yeah, no, I don't have any scheduled um, posts per week, but I do try to engage every day. If I'm not posting, then I am commenting or I'm liking um, or, or on whatever. My social media of choice is Twitter because I just like to okay. just browse through it. IG, um, Instagram, I'm learning a little bit more. Uh, Facebook, I have an author page. So I'm there, you know, and they get like some posts if I'm posting about like deals for my book or or any kind of promotional stuff. Um, and then I'll promote more when there are things like when I have um, interviews or if I'm at conferences and speaking or on panels, you know, then I'll promote those. Okay. <clears throat> mm, lovely. I think now we have come to the end of the session. Uh, uh, thank you, Yasmin. And if you could share with us how you felt about the session, and also, like, you know, your parting words to our audience who are aspiring authors, if you have some advice for them. Sure, sure. I mean, I really enjoyed, you know, so it's it's almost eight o'clock in the morning here um, in South Carolina. So I woke up early for you ladies and I put up <laughs> makeup very early for you ladies. Okay, so, thank you, you know, thank you, thank I'm you. like, the whole day has started and I have makeup on. What am I doing? But um, so, so that goes to show how I value, you know, these kinds of conversations. And I, and I really appreciate that you made it so comfortable and fun, you know, and, and kept me awake at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> my parting words to aspiring writers is, um, you know, to, to, to write what you love, um, to, to keep persisting, even when you feel like, you know, you're going to quit because I was there and and felt like I was going to quit after all of those rejections, even for this book, I was nearly, you know, about to quit. And the moment that I was about to quit was, you know, and this is, you know, by God that, you know, I got the email from my agent saying, you know, can we talk? And and so that is when I was like, well, maybe I won't quit, you know, and, and stuff like that. But um, but I was really there. Maybe yeah, I won't. Right, right. And 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 you know that that doubt um, and the insecurity or whatever it never really leaves. Um, and so you just have to kind of work through it, and you have to just remind yourself, you know, I am good at this thing. I'm going to keep going keep writing because it only makes you a stronger writer. So practice is what makes it even better. Um, you'll never be perfect. There'll always be things to change, but it can be perfect for right now. And, and what you need, um, you know, when it's good enough and good enough is, you know, what's going to get you in the door and then they make it however it is that they need it so that they can um, sell it. But just don't give up on yourself um, and don't give up on your writing and write your passion um, because that's, that passion is going to shine through. Thank you. Oh, and one last thing. And yes. please take the feedback. 
All right. You don't have to listen. You don't have to do everything people say, but be welcoming of feedback um, because we can't be in those silos where we we think we're always right. And our way is the right way because oftentimes it, it's not. Um, so just welcome feedback and be gracious about feedback and humble, you know, that people are taking the time to give you real good feedback and constructive feedback. So if it's something where they're just saying, it's not for me, you know, that's not something that you're going to use. But if it's something that you can use and it makes you grow, then definitely consider it. Mm, yes. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, Yasmin. Thank you.